0: What is the preparatory gospel? Did you know that there are more than one gospel, or rather, more than one order of the gospel is a more accurate way to look at it, Um, but tonight we're going to look at these levels of the gospel which we poked at in another discussion of what is the doctrine of Christ. Tonight is a specific, more detailed look at what is the preparatory gospel, so we did a little bit of introductory in that presentation, so you could take a look at what is the doctrine of Christ for that introduction, but this is a little more of a deep dive. Separate uh, levels of the gospel, you can use the word levels, separate orders of the gospel, or separate gospels. I don't care which word you use. At the end of the day, we are going to show how to clarify all of that. And so, in section 84 of the Doctrine and Covenants, Follow along with me. We're going between verses 16 and 27. This is all introduction to the priesthood. We have a lot on priesthood here, but we're going to point out a few things. So say so this priesthood, which is a higher priesthood passing down from or tracing it back rather all the way back to Abel, back to Adam. Okay, which which priesthood? This higher priesthood continues in the church of God in all generations. So, and we're going to see two verses later why. And it's without beginning of days or end of years. Okay. And the Lord confirmed a priesthood also upon Aaron and his seed. All their generations, which priesthood also continues and abides forever with the priesthood, which is after the holiest order of God. And this greater priesthood. So, right here, this term tells us that there is a higher and lower or greater and lesser priesthood. Okay. Even though right here... It just said which priesthood right here, and then uh, also another priesthood. So, it doesn't use that term here, greater and lesser, uh, but it tells us right here that this first priesthood is higher or greater priesthood. So, this is important, first of all. This greater priesthood administers the gospel, which is the fullness of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, this statement is really important, okay? This statement is important as we go through this lesson, keep this in mind, that the higher priesthood administers the gospel, holds the keys of the mystery of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God, so in the ordinances of the gospel, baptism of water, fire, and the Holy Ghost, the power of godliness is manifest, which is uh, being sanctified through the reception of the Holy Ghost. That that baptism of fire of the Holy Ghost, which sanctifies us, that's the power of godliness, or as Moroni likes to call, experiencing the power of God. Okay, so, verse 21, without the ordinances of the gospel and the authority of the priesthood, the higher authority of the priesthood, the greater priesthood, Note: this power of godliness is not manifest unto men in the flesh. So, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost via the baptism of fire in the Holy Ghost, is not manifest unto men in the flesh. In the flesh means in our our lives, in our mortality. It's not possible. Okay, so then we have a little bit on why it's so important to be able to see the face of God, but for the purpose of this lesson, uh, we're going to skip down Here to look at this, after the disobedience of the children of Israel, God takes Moses out of their midst, and he also takes the holy priesthood, which is another term for the greater priesthood. It's connected, this term holy priesthood right here is connected to verse 19, what we were in the same topic, this greater priesthood, the holy priesthood. And that starts again way back here, verse 6 according to the holy priesthood. So, he starts with holy priesthood, talks about this priesthood, tracing the lineage, and then another priesthood upon Aaron, and then verse 19, and the greater of these two priesthoods, which was the first talked about, and then again, verse 25, the holy priesthood again. So, the holy priesthood twice, and then... Uh, greater priesthood, referring to all three of those. And then look here, after that occurrence, now we have the term lesser priesthood of the two that were mentioned. And this lesser priesthood continued, the one given to Aaron, which priesthood holds the key of the ministering of angels, one, and look at this, the preparatory gospel. So this gospel, notice, is administered by the lesser priesthood. Whereas verse 19 tells us that the greater priesthood administers the gospel, the normal gospel that we're all aware of, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the fullness of the gospel, the everlasting gospel. Repentance, baptism by water, fire, and the Holy Ghost, enter into the rest of the Lord, promise of eternal life. That's the fullness of the gospel. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ or the doctrine of Christ. So then, back down here, We're going to whiteboard this. Don't worry. The lesser priesthood continued. Which priesthood holds the key of the ministering of angels, one, and two, the preparatory gospel? Which gospel? So, here is the definition. Which gospel is the gospel of repentance and of baptism and the remission of sins now this is baptism by water only and also the law of carnal commandments which the lord in his wrath caused to continue with the house of aaron now interesting that it meant it ties this to his wrath this is this is interesting uh, that's an important phrase caused to continue with the house of aaron among the children of israel until john God raised up, being filled with the Holy Ghost in his room. Okay, so we have this description right here in verse 27. So we're going to flesh this out a little bit. Let's bring up, let's bring up our whiteboard here. For So he, here in section 84, now forgive me that I haven't addressed any of the um, contextual or historical issues with section 84. Uh, might touch on that at the end. We'll see if we have time. But the more important Aspect is to discuss these elements of the gospel. So first we had a greater priesthood, we had a lesser priesthood, pH, pH level. The pH level is lesser. Check it out. The greater priesthood administers the gospel. So here we have the gospel, or rather, the fullness of the gospel. In the lesser priesthood, we had it. Um, the the key to the ministering of angels, this is interesting to note, and the preparatory gospel. Now, the list of the preparatory gospel, if it sounds really similar to the regular gospel, uh, it's because it's supposed to, and we're, we're going to be discussing that, okay? Okay, so, okay, so the fullness of the gospel, which we have obviously, um, let me bring this down. So the fullness of the gospel, repentance, baptism, which includes water, fire, Holy Ghost, and then enter the rest of the Lord, receive the the promise of eternal life. Now, let's keep this line going. So now the preparatory gospel we had. Uh repentance still that we just read. Now, this is also said baptism. This is by water only. But it did also say for the remission of sins, which we are going to explore that a little more deeply. By the way, uh, also over here, this is also for remission of sins. Okay, hopefully we're all following this so far. Now, it also uh, mentioned carnal commandments, though. Though I forgot to add that. And then uh, I just want to note the interesting aspect of in the Lord's wrath, he caused this to continue. So, there was a... There was an aspect of curse involved when we see this, Lord's Wrath. That's some type of curse or consequence, punishment, whatever you want to, however you want to. You can look at it whichever way you want. But typically known as the covenant curse. Okay, so we've gilding up these two sides. Now let's continue for just a moment and explore some of these. The idea here is that with the preparatory gospel, it sounds like the same gospel except it stops short, right? Where they both have uh, repentance, they both have baptism, but the one stops at water only, but still gets remission of sins, but then has the carnal commandments. So it looks like, um, let's see, let me pull that up one more time. So on the outset, it kind of looks like this. So the fullness and the preparatory gospel are the same except this except the preparatory gospel is minus baptism of fire and holy ghost and enter the rest of the lord. Okay, so it looks like that on the outset just by the words that we just read, okay? So again, let's do a quick comparison here. So, the greater priesthood administers the gospel, the fullness of the gospel. It holds the keys of the mystery of the kingdom, even the key of the knowledge of God. Okay. And then, the lesser priesthood continued, verse 26, which priesthood holds the key of the ministering of angels and the preparatory gospel, which gospel is the gospel of repentance and of baptism, and the remission of sins, and the law of carnal commandments, which the Lord, in his wrath, caused to continue at the house of Aaron. Okay, all the way up until John. Interesting. So, let's look at another reference here. This is section 13, when John the Baptist appears to Joseph and Oliver, confers uh, this priesthood, which had been taken from the earth. So, section 13, which is a quick statement, it's just one verse, here we go, upon you, my fellow servants, in the name of Messiah, I confer the priesthood of Aaron, or the Aaronic priesthood, or the lesser priesthood, which holds the keys of the ministering of angels and the gospel of repentance and of baptism by immersion, so water only, immersion into water, for the remission of sins. And this shall never be taken again from the earth. So, that phrase right here tells us that it was taken from the earth. Interesting side note. It won't be taken again from the earth until the sons of Levi do offer again an offering unto the Lord in righteousness. By the way, that offering, that righteous offering to the Lord is the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. So, uh, this preparatory gospel and the fullness of the gospel both operate... Through the sacrifice of a broken heart and contrite spirit. They both do. Because that's the only way to operate in the laws of God. Broken heart and contrite spirit is the only way to come unto God, receive anything spiritually that he could have for us. So, that that is the key to unlock any of these things. All right, so baptism by immersion was clarified there. So that was this aspect on our right side chart, the baptism by immersion by immersion for the remission of sins. Now, at the end of the day, it's two different uh administrations and two different gospels or two different levels of the gospel or you might even say orders of the gospel and and we're going to we're going to see this in action here in just a minute. So instead of this, which is what it looks like on the on the outset, over here, instead of this, what we really have is something more like this. The preparatory gospel, being down here, with a baptism by the Aaronic priesthood and a remission of sins that's at this level, and then, then up here we have the fullness of the gospel with a baptism which is ministered by the higher priesthood or the greater priesthood. So the Melchizedek priesthood or higher or greater priesthood is 84, section 84 said. All right. And then also a remission of sins that is greater or higher. So let's, let's check this out. Let's take a look at one powerful example here. A super important example. So, 3rd Nephi, we have Nephi, the son of Nephi, and the grandson of Helaman II, and the great grandson of Helaman I, okay, that Nephi, the same Nephi who Jesus comes to at the land bountiful, this Nephi, a great servant and man of God, here in 3rd Nephi chapter 7, take a look at this. 35. Nephi, starting in verse 15, it came to pass that Nephi, having been visited by angels and also the voice of the Lord, so this is just uh, just shortly before the crucifixion of Jesus in the old world, so here we are in the Americas, been visited by angels, key number one, and also the voice of the Lord, therefore having seen angels and being eyewitness to what? Well, to these angels, and having had power given unto him that he might know concerning the ministry of Christ. Well, I don't know 100% what that means, but it sounds like he uh, had perhaps a vision of this occurrence, and also being eyewitness to their quick return from righteousness and unto their wickedness and abomination. So, he's seeing the Nephites go from, from great to bad. And his father Nephi had helped establish a lot of that righteousness, but then it just kind of falls apart. So, therefore, being grieved, verse 16, for the hardness of their hearts and the blindness of their minds, went forth among them in that same year and began to testify boldly repentance and remission of sins. Interesting phraseology. The gospel of repentance and of baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. Repentance and remission of sins through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, verse 17. And he did minister many things unto them, and all of them can't be written, part of them wouldn't suffice, therefore I'm going to skip it, but just know that he did minister with power and great authority. This is also important to note. Verse 18, they were angry with him, even because he had greater power than they, for it were not possible that they could disbelieve his words, for so great was his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, that angels did minister unto him daily, so we have all this ministering of angels constantly mentioned. This is, we're going to see the preparatory gospel in action. And in the name of Jesus, did he cast out devils? Look at this, casting out devils, casting out unclean spirits. He raised his brother from the dead. His brother's name is Timothy, we find out later. Raised his brother from the dead. Incredible. And and that was after his brother had been stoned and suffered death by the people. So, his brother likely was out preaching as well, and the people killed him. And the people saw it and did witness of it and were angry because of his power. It's like, oh, even the people we killed don't stay dead. And he did do many more miracles. Look at all this. Miracles in the sight of the people in the name of Jesus. Look at this power that Nephi has. So, look at this. Uh, few who were converted that year, but as many as were, did truly signify unto the people that they had been visited by the power and spirit of God, which was in Jesus Christ in whom they believed. So, this visited Visited by the power and spirit of God. Uh, Let's hang on to that phrase for a second. Visited by the power and spirit of God. Hang on to that. And as many as a devil's cast out, healed of sicknesses, healed of infirmities, they manifest in the people. They were wrought upon again by the spirit of God and were healed. And they show forth signs and miracles among the people. So, some awesome stuff going on through uh, Nephi and his ministry with the people and let's see, verse 23. So the 30 and 2nd, he also passed away. So we're getting really close to the um, crucifixion of the Savior. Uh, Nephi cried uh, unto the people in the commencement of the 33rd, preached again repentance and remission of sins. I'd have you remember also that there were none who were brought unto repentance who were not baptized with water. So look at this phrase right here baptized with water. Um. This is the only place that I'm aware of in the Book of Mormon where it doesn't just say baptized, it specifies with water without mentioning anything like fire and the Holy Ghost. Uh, Now, it does talk about being baptized with water in other times in the Book of Mormon, but but if it does mention water, there's usually some reference to the Holy Ghost as well. Interesting to note that. We'll see why as this plays out. So, keep that in mind. So therefore, there were ordained men to this ministry uh, of Nephi. All such as should come unto them should be baptized with water. And look at this. Testimony before God unto the people that they had repented and received a remission of their sins. So these people, these people did receive a remission of their sins. So, um, as we're keeping track of this, oh, one more, one more verse, last verse, and then we'll diagram some of this. And there were many in the commencement of this year that were baptized unto repentance. And that's the more part of the year to pass away. Okay, so so we're trying to diagram all this. We've got to keep track of each of these elements so that um, as we try to make sense of this, we are understanding what the scriptures are telling us and what is uh, being laid before us by Mormon who's, who's narrating this story. So, all right, so we have this remission of sins. And then we also had interesting um, notes on the many, I'm going to say mighty miracles, if we can count raising your brother from the dead as mighty. I, I count it, so if you disagree, I guess do your own video, but I'm going to call that a mighty miracle. Many mighty miracles through this, And but what's going on? Is this not the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, let's take a look. Because it sure sounds sure sounds like the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of God. However, as we fast forward in the account a little bit, we'll see that Jesus comes. So let's fast forward to Third Nephi eleven, and so Jesus comes, land bountiful. Uh, the people are there, including Nephi, including um, his brother Timothy, raised from the dead. Others, so we'll start here in verse 18, he spake unto Nephi, Jesus, Jesus speaks unto Nephi, Nephi was among them, commanded him to come forth. Nephi arose and went forth and bowed himself before the Lord and did kiss his feet. The Lord commanded him that he should arise and he arose and stood before him. And the Lord said unto him, I give unto you power that ye shall baptize this people when I am again ascended into heaven. So, this statement deserves the question. So, let's put right here next to this Jesus gives Nephi power to baptize. We have to answer the question why? We have to answer this question why? Now we can we can make up an answer that sounds good to us, or we can look at the clues from the scriptures. So uh, often thrown out is, "Well, uh, starting a new dispensation, it's after Jesus' resurrection, so we're just going to do everything all over again." Because uh, we're also going to see that uh, Nephi gets baptized again, and and these disciples get baptized again, and they rebaptize everybody. Everyone that Nephi just baptized that we just read about in Third Nephi chapter seven, they all get baptized again. Why? Well, new beginning. Okay, so let's let's uh throw that up here as an option because that's thrown out a lot, and we see that even in the church a lot. So we'll throw that as an option. Uh how about I spell that right? New beginning or higher priesthood and higher priesthood. Or fullness of the gospel, higher gospel. Now I'm going to show you that this second one makes way more sense. This one makes way more sense. This other one, this other one, other than sounding good, doesn't have anything else to back it up, or at least doesn't have as strong of a case. So I'm going to put sounds good. Like, there's nothing inherently wrong with that idea, right? I don't have anything wrong with that idea. I accepted it my whole life as uh, that was the answer to this question. So, uh, let us jump back into the account. So, that was 3 Nephi 11. When we fast forward, notice he says baptizes people when I am again ascended into heaven. So, he does ascend into heaven. And in Third Nephi 19, all the people gather together, and they're praying, uh, verses 1 through 10. Uh, then they go down to the water's edge. The multitude followed them. Verse 11, here it goes. And it came to pass that Nephi goes down into the water and is baptized. And then he comes up out of the water, and he begins to baptize. He baptized all those that Jesus had chosen. So, the 11 others, Okay. So, now all 12 of them get baptized by water. So, they're baptized by water. And verse 13, and it came to pass when they were all baptized and had come up out of the water, the Holy Ghost did fall upon them, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire. So, here's baptized by fire and the Holy Ghost. Baptized by fire and the Holy Ghost. And... Behold, they were encircled about as if by fire. This is how baptism by the Holy Ghost works, and it came out from heaven. The multitude witnessed and did our record, and angels did come down out of heaven and administer unto them. Now, the ministry of angels is not new to Nephi. At least, we just read that in Third Nephi seven, so it's not. So, so that's not particularly special. But this event being. Uh, surrounded by heavenly fire and being filled with the Holy Ghost and with fire and the ministering of angels in that moment makes for a special event. That event is called the baptism of fire and the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost, uh, for short. And uh, verse 15 going on, it came to pass while angels were ministering unto them or unto the disciples, behold, Jesus came, stood in the midst. Ministered unto them. Also amazing to add to that experience. Now, if we skip down, he confers that this was the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. Father, I thank thee that was given the Holy Ghost unto those whom I have chosen. So they had not received this event prior. They hadn't received it prior because you don't receive the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Holy Ghost, more than once. It's it's an event where you receive it, and then after after that, you have the gift of the Holy Ghost with you. So this was their first. Uh time and this is important in the timeline. Let me pull this up here. So third Nephi eleven, we're gonna say and eighteen or sorry, nineteen. Third Nephi eleven and nineteen. Now we have um they were baptized by water. And now also, fire in the Holy Ghost. This was an element that had never happened before. Now, if this element had never happened before, we're going to uh, look here in just a second of why that's significant with this whole idea of remission of sins. So, Father, I pray that thou wilt give the Holy Ghost and told them that shall believe on their word. So, that means no one else has received the gift of the Holy Ghost here among the people of Nephi yet either. So, this is their first uh, encounter with receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. Thou hast given them the Holy Ghost because they believe in me, Now, thou hast seen they believe in me because thou hearest them, etc., etc. Okay, so that's what's going on here in 3 Nephi 19. So, as we're trying to understand what happened, we're trying to piece this together it starts to fit in the framework. We start to see this. What we what we do know is I bring both sides back up. Okay, so what we do know is that in third Nephi seven, they did experience a remission of their sins. Okay. We know that, but they did not. No, baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost. They did not have that. So, that did not happen. We're going to read another scripture here. So, if we go to 2 Nephi 31... Here is another interesting point, point. Now, then we're going to put all these together. So, 2 Nephi 31, verse 17. Wherefore, do the things which I have told you, I have seen that your Lord and your Redeemer should do. For for this cause have they been shown unto me, that ye might know the gate by which ye should enter. For the gate by which ye should enter is repentance and baptism by water, This should be a colon, by the way. And then comes a remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. Well, wait a second. So, it comes a remission of your sins by fire and by the Holy Ghost. Well, they did not receive the baptism of fire and the Holy Ghost over here, and yet they did receive a remission of their sins. So, that, that means that this can only be true, what Nephi just said, if there are two separate levels of remission of sins because nephi experienced remission of sins in third oh, in third nephi 7 he experienced that and so did the pe- or the, and the people whatever that all those people did according to that account but then if nephi is telling the truth then nephi also Experienced a remission of sins in Third Nephi 19, and it is a higher remission of sins. It was the remission of sins uh, received by the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost, which is a higher remission of sins. So, in that breakdown of what happened here with Nephi and the twelve disciples, as they received greater power, so Nephi, in 3rd Nephi 7, has the Aaronic priesthood, and he's baptizing with the Aaronic priesthood, and we're seeing all those phrases that we noticed right here. In 3rd Nephi 7, the ministering of angels, the, we preaching repentance, and remission of sins, and baptism by water only. Now, we didn't hear anything about carnal commandments. But we have all those aspects there. And yet, Jesus comes and says, well, I'm going to give you power to baptize. He already had power to baptize. So, the only way that that's possible is that there are two different powers to baptize and two different baptisms. Because if they were equal or the same, there would be no need if they were listen hear that again if they were equal or the same there would be no need for this okay by the way these weren't these weren't dashes these were minus minus not dashes so they're not the same they're not the same they are different levels Of the gospel. That's why this is called preparatory, because it's preparing you for something higher. That's the whole point there. That's why it's called preparatory gospel a preparatory uh, baptism by water, a preparatory remission of sins, preparatory for what? for the higher thing, for the real thing, a lesser priesthood, a lesser gospel, a lesser priesthood, a lesser baptism, a lesser priesthood, a lesser remission of sins, a higher or greater priesthood, a greater baptism, a greater priesthood, a greater gospel, a greater priesthood, a greater remission of sins, greater blessings, greater spiritual outpourings, including the baptism of fire and of the Holy Ghost. Right there, it's greater, it's a greater baptism, a greater priesthood, a greater remission of sins, it's all greater that's why we had greater and lesser given to us in d n c eighty four okay so that's important to realize because uh. It's quite possible to be baptized twice and that they're two totally different baptisms. The one's a lesser baptism into a lesser or lower level gospel. A lower level gospel is the preparatory gospel. And then there's another baptism by the higher priesthood. Now, uh, we have enough time to try and tie some of this in to some of the occurrence in the early days of the church. So we are we're looking at what is the preparatory gospel and what kind of application does this also have today? So why even talk about it? Is there any relevance? Well, let us do a little bit of reverse engineering and uh, I'm going to let you take a look for yourself. Okay, so here let's look back at 35:11. Okay, in thirty five eleven. Oh, here it is. Put, forgot to put it on the screen. Here is the baptismal prayer given, and look at this: Having authority given me of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Okay, this is important. This is the baptismal prayer that not only does Jesus Jesus give to Nephi, it's also the baptismal prayer uh, used um, in the restoration of the church, uh, in which happened in 1829, and we see it printed in the Book of Commandments. So, we're going to go, we're going to pull that up. And so, in the Book of Commandments, so it currently is um, comparable to the section 20, but of course, there's just a slight difference. So, so section 20, the Doctrine and Covenants, which was Articles and Covenants of the Church originally in the Book of Commandments, so if we look, I have the Doctrine and Covenants right here, so if we look... In verse 73, here's the prayer that we have in the Doctrine and Covenants, slightly different prayer, having been commissioned of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, that is slightly different. Remember in 3 Nephi 11, having authority given me of Jesus Christ, that's the slight difference. Having been commissioned of Jesus Christ, having authority given me of Jesus Christ, slightly different baptismal prayers. Now, why is that the case? Well, if we check here in the Book of Commandments, we see that in the Articles and Covenants, uh, it actually was originally the same. So, that's in chapter uh, 24. So, the Book of Commandments was in chapters instead of sections. And it's uh, towards the back, of course, verse 73. So, this is just pulling it up through the Joseph Smith Papers project. So, starting in here's a. So this is these are paragraphs, right? They don't they don't do verses as much as they do paragraphs. Let's see, can I make that bigger for you guys to see? During any manner of baptism, who humbles himself, desires to be baptized, comes forth with the broken heart, contrary spirit, witness to the church, repent of their sins, take upon the new of Christ, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, be baptized in the church. Okay, so keep scrolling down, next page, and then we get that verse. So baptism is to be administered in the following manner until all those who repent. Paragraph fifty-one, paragraph fifty-two. Whosoever being called of God and having authority given them of Jesus Christ, there's the phrase. Go down into the water and say, calling them by name. Here it is. Paragraph fifty-three. Having authority given me of Jesus Christ, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So in in the earlier days of the church, it was the same baptismal prayer. So, it's the same prayer, and then it changed. Why did it change? Well, Doctrine and Covenants was printed in 1835. So, let me just, let's whiteboard this a little bit so we don't um, lose all the information. Okay, so, here we have 1829 to, it was actually, it's actually 1834. I'm going to put five question marks because that's when it's printed That's when Dr. Cummins was printed, but I'm going to show that it actually happened in 1834. We had the same same baptismal prayer as 3rd Nephi 11. Now that's important because the 3rd Nephi 11 was this. Greater uh, priesthood, greater baptism that we just saw. Okay, so that's important. So I'm going to put that in notes here that that was the greater priesthood baptism. Well, what occurs is that in 1834, the Lord takes his name out of the church. And the church, it goes from being the Church of Christ to the Church of Latter-day Saints. And we have a presentation, a couple of presentations on that matter. um, One of which I I did a couple months back on history of the name changes of the church. So, it's the Church of Christ. Same as it was actually in this time in 3rd Nephi, when Jesus reveals the name of the Church of Christ, as it was throughout the Book of Mormon. And then in 1834, it gets changed, changed to the Church of Latter day Saints. Uh, and we can see that as we're looking here in the uh, Book of Commandments. You can see in the title page, Book of Commandments for the Government of the Church of Christ. Organized. 6th of April, 1830. So, here, we see that it was called the Church of Christ, and then by 1834, it gets changed to the Church of Latter-day Saints. That is in uh, conference minutes. We see that in History of the Church, Volume 2, page 61. So, right here on our whiteboard, we're going to see, let's add this on here. So... This is Church of Christ. Okay. So we see that there in the Book of Commandments. So um, I guess I'm going to write here, Book of Commandments, Chapter um, 24. Paragraph fifty three. Might as well call it section and verse, but but whatever. You get the idea. Okay, so now in eighteen thirty four, so mid eighteen thirty four happens in May actually. In general, con- in the in the general conference, we see that right now we get church. Oh, let's do a different. let do a different color. Church of the Latter-day Saints, no name of Christ. Now, now this is disputed the why. So, the why for this change is disputed by some. That's important to know. I go more detail into that. However, uh, the scriptures make it quite clear um, that that's the case. And, and uh, just jumping to a section 109, which is the dedication of the Kirtland Temple, Uh And we look right at the end of that dedicatory prayer. So, here is, here's the Kirtland Temple dedication, prayer offered at the dedication of the Kirtland Temple in 1836, two years after the name was taken out. So, here's two years after the name was taken out. If we just jump to the end here, look at these, look at the closing statement. Or petition, O hear, O hear, O hear us, O Lord, answer these petitions, accept the dedication of this house unto thee, the work of our hands which we have built unto thy name, and also this church to put upon it thy name. So asking Christ to put upon the church his name. So all the other uh all the other um narratives about why this name change don't hold water to this prayer, uh that um that they just decided to do it or whatever. Uh because Joseph is asking Christ to put his name back, to put his name upon the church. Well, uh we saw that his name was already on the church. It already it already was there, the Church of Christ. Well, it's because it was changed here and we see that in the conference which was in the millennial or the the evening and morning star, rather. I was going to say millennial star. So, the evening and morning start in May 1834. So, here it is. See, pulled up on the screen here. Let's see if I can make it a little bit bigger wording. Here we go. So, minutes of a conference of the elders of the Church of Christ. So, there it is, Church of Christ. Which church was organized in the township of Fayette, 1830. There it is. Okay. Now, in the conference came to order... Joseph Smith, Jr., chosen moderator, Frederick G. Williams, Oliver Cowdery, appointed clerks. So, moderator is Joseph Smith. So, here's the conference. After prayer, the conference proceeded to discuss the subject of names and appellations. Appellations is a fancy word for names. Um, When a motion was made by Sidney Rigdon. So, following Robert's rules, motion made by Sidney Rigdon, seconded by Newell K. Whitney, that this church be known hereafter by the name of the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Appropriate remarks were delivered by some of the members, after which the motion was put by the moderator, Joseph Smith, so Joseph Smith puts the motion forward to be passed and was passed by unanimous voice. So, Joseph puts forth the motion. Resolved... That this conference recommend to the conferences and churches or congregations abroad that in making out and transmitting minutes of their proceedings, such minutes and proceedings be made out under the above title, Church of the Latter-day Saints. Resolve that these minutes be signed by the moderator, Joseph, and clerks and published in the Evening and Morning Star, which it is. That's what this is from. Joseph Smith, Jr., moderator, Frederick G. Williams, Oliver Cowdery, clerks. So, there. there is the... Minutes you can see that in the evening and morning star and that is um, volume two may eighteen thirty four number twenty I want to check that now the beginning articles still had Church of Christ talking about it. interesting to note there so that was the May 1834 conference, Church of Latter day Saints. The, oh, let's pull that back up here with the whiteboard. So Christ took his name out. Well, remember, Christ took his own name out. Now, remember, one of the elements over here between the greater priesthood and the lesser priesthood that we looked at, as I zoom in, we have the two categories here. The one that we're looking at and getting an an idea of is the Lord's wrath, because this is what happened to the early saints. So the early saints came under this uh, covenant curse which was greater than condemnation, and we started in section 84, by the way, in section 84, is this section on condemnation. So, this was in 1832, two years prior. So, it was a warning shot right here that he would take the holy priesthood out of their midst, and Moses also, well, their Moses was Joseph Smith, and their... Uh, and they had the holy priesthood also. So, it was a warning shot that he would do that, and they didn't repent. So, that's what we see when we scroll down. So, that that is what happened in the early days of the church. They did come under that, uh, not only condemnation, but covenant curse, as we saw here, the Lord in his wrath. And that was something that that Joseph urged eagerly to the saints to repent of, lest the Lord in his wrath would swear that they also shouldn't enter into his rest. So, anyway, that is just a mini portion. I don't have enough time to go into that in great detail, but that is just uh, to show what happened with the early saints, that they also had that happen to them like the Israelites, um, and those distinctions are made clear enough in the scriptures, hopefully, for everyone here to see. And... I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Um, we have a moment just for a couple of uh, questions. I'll scroll here real quick, and then we, we have our Zoom discussion, doctrineofchrist.com slash join. Don't forget to uh, join us right after this. And click on the Tuesday night. So, let's see if there's any particular questions. I saw one from Patrick. In this case, what is the baptism and how is it different than a water baptism? Okay, hopefully, Patrick, that question was resolved through the discussion. He could have also lost the Melchizedek priesthood and so it's just doing water baptisms. wish they used a different word than baptism. Seems to have too many meanings. Yeah, it takes a little bit of parsing. Okay, I don't see any particular questions to address. So thank you all for joining. We'll see you over in the discussion.